0: again and welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson and this week, just like every other, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. It is midwinter and for better or worse, the holidays are over and there's a long stretch between now and spring. So if you're feeling down, this week's sponsor can help. TalkSpace. If you've ever thought about going to therapy, but it's inconvenient, expensive, or too hard to wait a week in between, then try out TalkSpace. TalkSpace matches you with a licensed therapist handpicked for you for as little as $32 a week. And using TalkSpace, you can text, audio, and video message your therapist whenever you want. They can help you figure out nagging problems and stay on track to achieve your goals, New Year's or otherwise. So to sign up or learn more, Go to Talkspace.com slash Savvy and use the coupon code Savvy to get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com slash Savvy and the code Savvy. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Kelly Clarkson reminds us that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Elton John is still standing, and of course, Gloria Gator will survive. What is the common thread? A little thing glinting in the eye of the tiger called resilience. So resilience is adapting and responding positively to stress and adversity. And the adversity you face may be long-term, like having an alcoholic parent or growing up in poverty, or it may be a single lightning strike of tragedy, a car accident that claims a limb, an assault that claims your dignity. Even first world problems require a shot of micro-resilience, like when the person ahead of you snags the last blueberry scone. I'm talking to you, red beanie. No matter the scale of your tragedy, resilience is all in how you respond. Now, resilience has gotten some pushback recently. By encouraging resilience, detractors say, we imply that setbacks are exclusively individual, when in fact, they often come from systemic barriers like racism, sexism, economic inequality, or other injustices. The answer? As with many things, it's complicated. The solution to systemic injustice shouldn't be to expect each individual to pull themselves out despite tractor-beam-like forces pulling them back. But at the same time, resilience isn't an empty idea. Individuals can and do respond differently to the problems life dishes up. Most importantly, resilience is a skill, not a you-have-it-or-you-don't trait, which means whether you sink or swim is something that can be taught. So what can you do? Well, Here are six ways to make like a rubber band and bounce back. Tip number one is give yourself permission to feel lousy. You heard that right. We've all heard the cheerful encouragement of when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Or hey, when one door closes, another one opens. But rah-rah motivational slogans often feel useless, like a new lid for already spilled coffee. True resilience doesn't mean you never get discouraged. In fact, pain is almost universal among the resilient. After all, if you never encounter painful struggle, you never get to discover your resilience. Therefore, resilience isn't about hiding your pain and pretending everything is peachy, nor is it unfeeling stoicism. You're human, not a machine, and getting knocked down hurts. In short, what matters isn't how you feel, it's that you get up again. That is resilience. Tip number two is trust that you control your fate, not the other way around. In 1955, the psychologist Dr. Emmy Werner and her colleagues began to follow every child, almost 700 of them, born that year on the Hawaiian island of Kauai. It marked the beginning of a study that would last more than 40 years. Now, Kauai in the 1950s was not a privileged place. Many of the kids were raised in poverty, had unstable, chaotic families, and had mothers who never even went to high school. But despite all this, by the time they reached age 40, one-third of the group was, as the study said, competent, confident, and caring. They defied the odds. None of that one-third was unemployed, had been in trouble with the law, or relied on social services. Their accomplishments equaled or surpassed many of the kids who grew up in more stable environments. So the researchers itched to know how did they beat the odds? What was the secret ingredient in such resilience? Again, it's complicated. Some of it was luck. Some of it was having at least one emotionally stable and loving family member to look out for them. And some of it was finding an emotional home in a civic organization, at school, or at church. But the most important thing the resilient kids had was something called an internal locus of control, meaning that these kids believed that they, not their circumstances, were in the driver's seat. They believed they could control their life, as opposed to being controlled by whatever life dished out. For example, the researchers noted that the resilient kids with a dysfunctional family were good at recruiting surrogate parents, whether a youth minister, a trusted teacher, or even a friend's parent. Now, how can you apply this to you? In short, act, do, take decisive action. It's tempting to put the future in the hands of fate. But take control as best you can. Which leads us to tip number three. If you don't know what to do, look to your values. It's all fine and good to make executive decisions, you might say, but what if the way isn't clear? Well, a handful of studies have found that having a moral compass, an internal system of values and ethics, goes along with higher resilience. A belief in human ethics and morality gives rise to purpose, which in turn, gives rise to resilience. So maybe in the bigger picture, that blueberry scone was nothing to get worked up about. Tip number four is recharge with some exercise. Dealing with setbacks can be exhausting, so it's important not just to push, push, push your way back, but to rest and recharge along the way. How to do this? Well, you have full permission to recharge in any way you wish. Read on the couch with a pint of Ben and Jerry's and a New Girl Marathon. But consider, between episodes, some exercise. When going through rough times, exercise is often a mini metaphor for life's larger challenges. We set short-term goals that build mental momentum to reach larger goals in the long term. Getting ourselves off our butts on both good days and bad is resilience in action. Plus, exercise improves mood and motivation, which directly impact how we perceive our ability to face obstacles. And it plain old relieves stress and gives us a break. It's the ultimate recharge. Plus, you can feel better about the aforementioned Ben and Jerry's. Tip number 5 is set realistic goals. You may want to get rich, get famous and look fabulous doing it, but part of resilience involves not setting ourselves up for failure. Indeed, in the Kauai study, one of the characteristics of the resilient adults was that they set realistic educational and career goals for themselves. If we set too many too lofty goals, we may see not achieving them as a personal failure on our part. So keep the scale of your goals reasonable. Challenge yourself and aim high, of course, but be fair to yourself. And finally, tip number six is tell your friends how you're feeling. It's cliche, but it works. According to a study of student nurses doing emotionally exhausting work in a literal life or death environment, those who were able to do two things were less prone to burnout. And those two things were, one, to draw on support from friends and colleagues, and two, to genuinely express their emotions, from sorrow to frustration to joy. Those students were better able to muster the wherewithal to continue the tough emotional work their job required. So, tell people you trust how you feel. Be honest and authentic, rather than trying to put on a good face, and you'll come out the other side able to keep calm and carry on. To wrap up, it's only when you're faced with obstacles that your resilience skills are honed. Even Barry Manilow made it through the rain. And you can too, with a secret weapon called resilience. Don't miss a thing when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com newsletters, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Listen on Spotify or like on Facebook, where there are always links to episodes no longer available on iTunes. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. As always, thanks for listening and subscribing, and be sure to come back next week for a happier, healthier mind.